0: The Read to Lead podcast, episode 11.
1: Hey there, this is John Lee Dumas, host of the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast. And you're listening to the Read to Lead podcast with my good buddy, Jeff Brown. Boom. <laughs> We think we have goals, but what we really have is just priorities. If we're not actively or strategically moving towards a specific thing in life, then that's not a goal. Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now here's Jeff.
0: Welcome back to the Read to Lead podcast. I am Jeff and here to help you develop a more intentional and consistent reading habit. Why? Because we believe that intentional and consistent reading is key to success in business and in life, we get to sit down with another successful author today. In fact, a new author, a guy by the name of Eric Fisher, who uh, is most known for his podcast, Beyond the To-Do List, but he's just released a new ebook called Beyond the To-Do List. And in our conversation today with Eric, we'll learn why so few of us set goals, even though we know they're important, what fuel for your goals is and why you need it, what some of the most important goal-setting fears are and how to attack them, and how to avoid the dangers of comparing your progress to others. That and more when we chat with Eric today for episode 11 of the Read to Lead podcast. Before we get into that, I want to share with you about an amazing conference coming up, so much more than a business, social media, or technology conference. Road Trip 2013 is a branding and strategy educational experience that will change your life, then your business, and ultimately, Your brand. It's the Road Trip Conference featuring over 30 speakers, including Chris Locurto, formerly of the Dave Ramsey team, and author, speaker, and blogger, Seth Godin. Again, this happens October 10th, 11th, and 12th in Cincinnati, Ohio. Well worth the trip if you don't live in the area. And the folks at the Road Trip Conference have a special discount just for Read to Lead podcast listeners. You can get $200 off when you enter my name in the promo code box. Just enter Jeff Brown for $200 off when prompted for your promo code. To find out more about the Road Trip Conference, just go to this special URL I've created, Read to lead slash road trip, and that'll redirect you to their site. Easy to remember. Read to lead slash road trip. Enter my name, Jeff Brown, in the promo code box for $200 off your registration. Eric Fisher is a veteran podcaster of six years. He currently hosts the show Beyond the To Do List and does social media segments for Cliff Ravenscraft's podcast podcast. Answer Man, which I love both the show and the social media segments, and he is also the new author of the ebook along with Jim Woods, uh, Beyond the To-Do List, Volume 1, Goals, a Step-by-Step Guide to Making and Meeting the Goals that Matter. Eric, welcome
1: to the Read to Lead podcast. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be asked to be on. Well, I hope you say that when it's all over. <laughs> I will say it anyway. How about that? Okay.
0: All right. <laughs> well, before we jump into the book, I was hoping that you could share with us a little bit about your podcast, maybe for those that don't know about it, because I love listening to it. And I think it's a great podcast beyond the to-do list. Why should we listen? And, and how did it get started? What was the impetus for it?
1: Yeah, um, well, it's a show where I interview guests that I admire or find interesting, and in what i'm interested in what they do or what they say i I have conversations with them about how they self-manage themselves and they do how they do the great work that they do or about their unique perspectives on living a productive life and obviously it's called beyond the to-do list so i don't just talk about all right what tools do you use (laughs) what calendar do you use what what uh you know, met, do you use getting things done and and things like that? People, I think some people got the get that idea. I've had some feedback saying, you know, I liked it when you just interview. I liked it when you used to just interview people about that. And I'm like, I never did that. that <laughs> this has always been. I mean, I went back and listened to old shows because I, I, again, it's a learning experience for me. Right. This whole project has been a learning experience. I wanted to get to talk to these people and learn how they do. The, the awesomeness that they are and do. And so that was my goal. And uh, it, it came about because I just had an itch to create a solo show. I didn't have a show at that time. I was doing a show with Cliff Ravenscraft that was a regular weekly social media uh, serenity was the name of the show, social media serenity. And then we, he scaled back and I didn't have a problem with that because then we moved me over to his podcast answer man and doing the social media segments. And so I decided I need an outlet. I, I have never yeah. done a solo show. I had done co-hosted uh, you know, hosted shows before, guested on different shows, but had never done a solo show. And so I wanted to do that. And it took me a while to figure out the formula of what it was I exactly wanted to do. But once it kind of hit, uh, it started to snowball into to what it is now.
0: And I assume that, that the book uh, comes out in part uh, due to just all the great... Uh, things you've learned from these successful guests you've had on your
1: podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I didn't want, I, I had people all along saying, so are you going to transcribe all the interviews and, and put it out in a book? And I'm like, that's lazy. Why not just create something? I wanted to create something. Mm. and. So yeah, the book, the genesis of the book was actually, I had ideas for what I wanted to do myself and actually still do. There are things that have not come out yet, but then I met up with Jim Woods at PodCamp Nashville in the first weekend in May, Mm. and we both got to talking we already knew each other, but we got to talking about what we were working on. And suddenly it was like, oh, our project should probably meld into one super Uber project. (laughs) Don't you love that? I do.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, this, as I understand, is the first in a series of three books. We call this Volume 1 Goal. So why, why the choice uh, from you guys to, to break it up into three volumes?
1: Yeah, well, a few different reasons. We started discussing melding our two projects together, and it seemed to make sense that based on what we wanted to cover, not to put three topics all in one place, but to break them mm. out, especially for the format we felt the first uh, section needed which is that the first, which the first book is, Mm. um, it also then allows us to be working on a series instead of just one book, which we kind of thought, oh, that's kind of exciting. It means, you know, the first one when it's coming out right now is really just kickstarting something that we're going to continue to work on and a process of, okay, we launched something, we learn how to create it, market it, launch it. And then we do better the next time. And we get to do that three times with this single project. And honestly, there's a couple other, you know, key marketing strategies behind it is it's nice to have three different books that all tie together out in the Amazon store that are short and to the point and focus, Mm. focused. And then that way, if you once all three of them are out there and you just, and you come across it, like, I mean, some people are going to pick up this first one because they already follow the show or follow Jim and, and that's great. Or hear you talk about it on this show. Others, they won't discover it until later, but they'll find maybe the third volume and they'll pick that up and think, Oh, that's great. And then discover suddenly that there's two other ones. Mm. So it's that kind of inner woven, you know, they all market kind of each other. It'll be great to see, you know, hey, others who bought this one bought these other two. And that, you know, there you go. It generates revenue off all three.
0: Now, most of us, I hope most of us uh, understand uh, just the importance of setting goals. But if they are so important, why do so few members of the population, as most studies show, actually do it?
1: I think the reason that people seldom set goals is that we don't think we need to. I think it can be hard to decide even what it is you want, and then to even work for it. And some of us who already think we do have goals, we do so because we think we have goals, but what we really have is just priorities. (laughs) But that doesn't mean anything. If we're not actively or strategically moving towards a specific thing in life, then that's not a goal. We Mm -hmm. can say we have a priority of, you know, family or something else but if we don't have something specific we're aiming at there then saying it's a priority doesn't really mean anything and it's not a goal and there's
0: there's a power isn't there in in writing it down and not just having it in your head basically
1: yeah exactly like just to saying it out loud i'm i'm actually a person who learns a lot as i talk to others and and what i mean by that is not just what i learn from hearing them say but i figure out the problem and the answer as i hear me say it you know i work through the problem talking and so yeah i i wholeheartedly believe that stating things and saying oh by the way you know i have a goal of this thing and that's a goal and now figuring out how to do it that Suddenly takes, even without writing it down, but that is definitely the next step and definitely important, moves you towards it, even that little bit by saying it out loud and and saying you desire something to have or be a certain way.
0: You know, we hear a lot uh, these days, Eric, about intentionality. Uh, one person in particular that comes to mind that, that we both admire, Michael Hyatt, uh, used to call his blog Intentional Leadership. He actually has a different tagline for it now. I can't remember what it is, but but it's still uh, largely about, obviously, intentional leadership. Uh, we talk about intentional reading on, on this podcast. Uh, successful people are intentional people. How will this first book in this series address
1: intentionality? Well... There's that kind of saying, and I don't know who said it, but it's that whole thing about if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And and that's totally true. I mean, like others, I mean, you probably have experience with this and so have your listeners that you've had periods of time where you've aimed at nothing in your life. And those times don't yield nothing, but – You'd be an enti- in an entirely different place in your life if you had set a goal at that point and then started working towards it. You can imagine where you would be right now. It's that whole thing about, oh, you know, if you'd put a dollar in the bank when you were, you know, a baby and or a teenager or whatever, then and left it there to uh, continue to accrue interest or kept depositing to it, you know, you'd have your retirement set. Mm-hmm. Well, without setting that early. It, it's never going to happen. And I'm not saying it's too late, but uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where if you aren't actually aiming at something, then you don't really ever get the better or the best stuff that's out there in life. I know you probably ha-
0: uh, have participated in mastermind groups. Uh, I'm in one with a few guys. And, and one of the things we did early on was break out. Uh, the wheel of life. And th- this was my introduction to it just a few weeks ago. I hadn't seen this before and, and rated ourselves in in each of the seven areas. Can you share about what, what the wheel of life is, the evaluation process, how it's designed and what it's designed to do and why you feel it's so important to to take this sort of self-evaluation?
1: Yeah, I, I think that, uh, we, and I think we, we include it in the book and we even kind of take it, I don't know, maybe a few steps further than the the actual wheel of life. Uh, originally in, is intended for um most recently I mean it's it's a zig Ziglar thing most recently I've heard dave Ramsey and specifically Chris lacurto talk about it it's actually Chris lacurto's uh really one of his top blog posts ever is mm-hmm. is that one actually it's the top Google thing if you ter- put it in wheel of life in the uh in Google you'll get Chris lacurto's post it's okay. that Popular. So uh, what the wheel of life is, is it's a, you know, if you trade play ever played a trivial pursuit, it's kind of like the uh, circle with all the pie pieces and mm-hmm. each of the different pie pieces is a different subject. So this is kind of like the different subjects in your life. So you've got health, you've got career, uh, family, um, and I'm going to butcher them, but I know and, because and, and, I'm not looking at them, but all the different compartments of your life, like family and, and money and, and all those different things. Each take a slot in a pie piece in that circle, and one of the things that Chris always says is is that if if it, your wheel of life's out of whack, then you're gonna you know gonna be running on a car that has a flat tire. We took it a step further. For me, I basically said, okay, well, for example, and we and we walk through this in the book with different things. If family. And this is where sometimes people say, oh, okay, well, I have a priority of family. Well, no, you have an aspect of your life that is family. Mm -hmm. When you put family as a compartment of your life, then what you need to drill down further is say, okay, well, what are the relationships that are in that? And for me, that would be my wife, my daughter, and my son, at least immediate family first. And then I say, okay, well, then pick one of those. Okay, wife. So if I go with wife, then what? What does success look like for that relationship with my wife? And so then it's like, oh, okay, well, I'll list things out like uh, communication or intimacy or you know different things like that. But that's st- you're still not done. You need to go, <laughs> go another step further and say, okay, well, what are the things I need to be doing in order for what I just listed as success to happen? And so, you know, for example, it'd be maybe date nights or talking, having specific time where you talk business of the family and then other time where you don't, that's kind of off limits unless it's an emergency, different things like that. And then you even kind of, then you even move further down, like if you want to schedule that time or you want to put on the calendar date night. That's kind of my my thought process and flow through the wheel of life and how you can. So you saw what I just did with just my wife going back up. I'd go again to you know my daughter and then my son and then other family members that are fringe. You know, not fringe, but you know, extended family mm-hmm. is better is the proper term. And so then move on to another pie piece. I think a lot of us, uh, for, or I should say, for for the few of us that actually
0: get to the point of writing goals down. I know for me, I often stop there, and, and it really is. I think what you're getting at is just drilling down deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and, and breaking everything out, down into, uh, into, into baby steps,
1: basically. Exactly.
0: Uh, one thing you mentioned, a term you've sort of coined for this, uh, is the fuel for your goals. And In other words, uh, multiple reasons to want to achieve a goal. I know I often get stuck with just, well, I want to achieve that goal because of this thing. But you, you say multiple reasons for wanting to achieve a goal are important.
1: Yes. Well, we talk about that in the book, and the, and the thing about that is, and I'll even uh, let me go about it this way. I I'll be confessionary right now. I have a specific goal that I am working on, and it's a health goal. And I reasoned out that it was the most important goal for me to work on for a number of reasons. And essentially, I you know I need to loo- I need to lose about sixty pounds, and so I have already started that and. What I think the what the fuel is for me is one, I realized that it's going to have the most impact across the board on the wheel of life for me in a number of different areas. Uh, Number one, family, I need to have more energy and be in a healthier place to support my family, to be able to spend time with them. And to be able to enjoy my time with them, and so they're right there. There's like three different smaller pieces of fuel right there. Another one would be, you know, for career or work. Well, if I'm slimmed down and in a much better place uh, physically, then I'm going to even subconsciously be looked at more favorably. That's you know, that's just a fact of life. It is what it is. And three for productive wise, I mean, this is the key, one of the key ones is, is that I know that if I'm carrying around all this extra weight, then I am doing, I'm spent expending my energy and doing work towards getting myself around everywhere and trying to focus and all that kind of stuff towards my, my, uh, work. But if I were to lose that weight, my clarity of mind would be there. My, um, focus would be there. My ability to do more work or better work will be there. And so all of these different things, even listed down and just looking through and be like, Oh, now, why am I doing this again? Oh yeah. It's not just that I want to, you know, look good or feel better. That's vague. That's, you know, that's just one emotional thing. But if you can look down a list and see all these different benefits and you realize, Oh, it's just that one thing I need to do then I can do that.
0: Let's talk about fear uh, for a minute and those voices in our head. I'm currently reading Start by uh, John Acuff. Mm -hmm. He's actually going to be our guest next week on the podcast. And um, you talk about how those voices and fear often get in the way of successfully achieving our goals. And I'm curious to know, uh, with with a lot of the successful people you've interviewed on your show they they talk about the fears they've had to face because they're just like the rest of us. Uh, what are some of the more common fears that, that you hear from people?
1: Well, I hear that it's going to be too hard. I hear that it's they can do all the work and then have it not be worth it, um, that they'll spend all time on something and really they should have been spending time on something else. Uh, it's funny that you bring up John Acuff because I was going to actually refer to for you to his site that's called nomorevoices.com that he's set up to where you can go and you can anonymously post different fears like that. like mm. I, I fear that anxiety will grow larger and consume my life as one, and then a, a 74 other people went and put uh, hit the clicked uh, me too. Mm. And I try and try, but I still fail. I'm sorry. And another one here. I'm afraid my talents are a dime a dozen and are not commercially feasible. This this site you should definitely check it out. If you go there, the more clicks something's get gets its uh, the the larger the text gets. I think is, is part of what the deal is. But it's one of those things where oh, here's one. I'm such an idiot. So it's it's those inner voices that you are not alone with having those voices. All of us have those. And knowing that you're not the only one can help for sure. And I know one of the questions you ask every
0: guest on your show is, in an ideal world, how do you start your day? What are some of the more interesting answers you've gotten uh, to that question?
1: Yeah, well, that question seems to bring out a bunch of different answers. And I, from what I've seen, Uh, It seems to split, where it goes one way or the other. It goes to first thing in the morning, they hit the ground running and doing work, or they do some kind of a a perspective check or you know recentering or grounding of their day so that they can um, move forward into their work, having you know again a better focus, a better perspective on what it is they're they're working towards. That kind of a thing.
0: Now, I'm the kind of guy, I don't know if you've struggled with this or not, but I'm the kind of guy who is easily enamored uh, with uh, digital productivity tools in particular. <laughs> I've got literally dozens that I have implemented at one time or another in my life. I'm thinking of like Informant Pro on my iPad or Tootledoo, uh web app or uh, the Reminder uh, app uh, for iOS The problem is I struggle with being disciplined enough to keep using a particular one. I'll use it for a few days and then go off on some tangent. What advice would you give to people like me who struggle with that?
1: (laughs) Well, first off, I want to say, confession, I am just like you. Uh, My advice and what I've found more recently that is starting to actually work for me with this problem is to scale back. And I don't mean just like do less stuff. I mean, scale back tool wise and only use a very small set. I, what I needed though, in order to pick the ones that I would would actually use is to determine what really needs tracking. Like if there's, do, do I need, what kind of an, what, what's my inbox? What's my main inbox? Was it my email inbox? Was it an inbox on my phone? Was it a, you know, was it Evernote where I just throw every note in there and then and in and, and a default notebook and then from there move it to where it needed to go? Uh, you know that kind of that kind of thing, um, and to even ask myself where have things fallen through the crack before? Because obviously, it's not just about picking certain tools. I mean, you can pick you can pick like twenty different tools. And if all twenty of those tools are being used, then that's not a bad thing. Mm. But if you only need a certain set of tools to accomplish everything, then throwing something from tool to tool to tool to tool doesn't really make a whole lot of sense if two of them will do the work of what five would. And so again, you got to figure out what it is that you really need tracking or or what are you really doing workwise what? Where are places where things have fallen through the cracks? And then, honestly, to refer to David Allen's GTD methodology Mm. is you need a trusted system. And so I needed to know, okay, if I put something in this one place, depending upon what it is, then I will know that's where that is until I move it into another trusted place that is either delegated or uh, archived or acted upon, et cetera.
0: The greatest thing I ever learned about productivity uh, came from David Allen, and it was the simple idea of, and we've kind of touched on this, getting it out of your head and getting it down on paper. Oh, yeah. Well, related to that, what are some of your favorite productivity tools? Do you have a couple of favorites or things that you always go back to?
1: Yeah, I well, I have uh, drafts is on my Uh, iOS devices and it's not anywhere else but that's the thing is my phone is always with me Mm. and so I'll use that as the first place to put something at least for now I'm considering something else because I feel like putting something in a box that's not accessed or synced with a a laptop isn't necessarily the greatest thing because then I still have to pull the phone out if I sit down at the laptop and then forward it on so Mm. I may just keep that as a quick reference notebook that I then shoot somewhere and I can shoot it to anywhere from there. But uh, yeah, I, I'm i moving into Evernote again, honestly. I hadn't thought about it. I, I have used it in the past for different things, but definitely Evernote is something that uh, after revisiting re- recently, <laughs> I'm going to be moving more things into and, and using better. Another system that I know that I want to use as soon as the Mac 2.0 version comes out is uh, OmniFocus. Mm. That's one that's, that's pretty popular. One that I'm actually using right now that's really simple and is just syncing between my laptop and my phone is Clear. It's really simple. It's just some gestures. You you know swipe up or down to create a new entry, and you just type it real quick, and then it's there, and it syncs through iCloud. And so it's something that I'm using purely for work so that if I suddenly, randomly, when I'm not at work, think, oh, you know what? I need to do that, something or other. I'll pull the phone out swipe down type add it to the list and then put the phone back away so that then i don't lose that thing and i'm not occupying my time you know doing work when i shouldn't be
0: and I'm one of those rare birds who uh, has an iMac and an iPad and even an iPod touch, but I use an Android phone. So I'm always on <laughs> the That is weird.
1: Why are you doing that? Come on. No, I, know. I
0: don't care. I got to get with the program. Whatever works for you. <laughs> Back to the book for a second. You talk a bit about uh, the effectiveness of visual motivation. Uh, share what you mean by that as it pertains to productivity and, and why you think visual motivation is so important in productivity and setting goals and accomplishing goals.
1: Yeah, um well, if you can see something, then like if in order in other words, like the carrot before the horse. The mm. horse will move because it literally sees the carrot right there and it's like, "Oh, I'm going to get that." Well, if you can visualize something, if you can see something, like if I if, so for example, if I um let me see if I, it can be a number of different things, but for me, if I, with my health goal could go and look at a picture of me, like from my wedding, then you would see, oh, there's a point where I was actually, you know, slim and healthy and, and awesome. And, you know, I had more hair that I, that I can't fix, but the weight thing I can fix. So, uh, <laughs> I can remember that feeling in that time, um, That's one way of doing it. Another way would be to to literally go and find visual touchstones or reminders uh, I know Jim actually had a post about this, which is pulled from the book recently. Jim Carrey did a couple of different things where he wrote himself a, a $10 million check that then basically deteriorated almost to the point of being gone that he kept in his wallet as a reminder of you know how hard to work towards his acting goals. And then he suddenly got a, a key role. Another one was he would go and he would vi- go up to the Hollywood sign and sit there until he... Could remember, you know, and in, 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 it would ingrain in him the desire again. Okay, I'm I'm here. I'm in Hollywood. I'm at the Hollywood sign, I'm, and go back. And then he wouldn't come back down until he was ready to attack. If you visualize, you're looking at a mountain, and you have to climb the mountain, then that's tough. You're looking at one giant goal. But if you can look at something maybe lower down and and attack that, you can do that.
0: Another area you tackle is the very important idea of a support system having a, a support system in place talk about what you describe as the three support system levels that you recommend
1: yeah well the first one being spouse and again if if you don't have a spouse then you you need to pick a close friend um or even one specific friend from level 2 level 2 is friends that are in the trenches people that are also working on things that in the similar vein of what you're working on. And so that could be, for me, that could be uh, other friends of podcasters that are that are podcasters, I should say, or other authors or honestly people that I've already gravitated towards naturally and have gravitated towards me uh, when it comes to interactions online. So uh, level three is a brag table. You gotta have and this can be again with the same friends in the trenches, but it you spe- you specify a, a certain day or time or whatever, and you get together you know digitally or face to face, and you talk about the successes and you congratulate each other about those different things so that you can feel good and celebrate it and you know celebrate the milestones. you got to do that in order to feel the motivation to keep going and, and moving forward.
0: Eric, I think one of the things that we're all probably guilty of at one time or another, and I certainly uh am <laughs> number one on this list, is to compare our progress with other people and their progress, maybe on a, on a similar goal or path that we're on, and immediately immediately wanting to, to check ourselves against that. Share why that's such a dangerous trap uh, to fall into.
1: Well, one, it's going to get you nowhere. I mean, well, that's not entirely true, I guess. Because you could follow somebody else, and you could be jealous of them or envious of them and compare yourself to them, and you could even work hard enough and do what you need to do to be them and have the success that they've had as well. However, the sad thing about that would be you wouldn't have spent the time figuring out what your own goals were or your own calling was, and you would have had somebody else's. And so you'd still feel unfulfilled which is not a place we, we want to be in. Another great thing about, or a horrible thing actually about uh, comparing yourself to somebody else is everybody has different abilities and circumstances and timing. And so like John Acuff often says, don't compare your start to somebody else's middle or, or your blooper reel to their best of, I mean that that's how we do that all the time was where, you know, again, I'll use John as an, and as an instance and, That are an example that uh, he's done, you know, however many things in life that I would love to have done, like New York Times bestselling book and blogs consistently and goes and does speaking gigs and all these different things. And I could be envious of that, but that doesn't make any sense because he's been doing it longer than me. And so I'm going to go ahead and learn from him and apply the lessons that he's learned, especially about failure, which he doesn't shy away from. And then apply those to keep myself from failing in those same things towards my own goals. Well, as an author
0: and uh, as a podcaster, a lot of folks look up to you. And, of course, uh, I define leadership uh, as as influence. And you obviously have a considerable amount of influence. So I want to ask you a couple of questions uh, related to that. What would you say, Eric, is the single greatest business lesson that you've ever learned?
1: Yeah, the, the as far as business goes, it, you never can go wrong if you're helping others. And I know that some people, you know, don't have time to do that as often as they'd like to and I try to make time for that as much as I can. So, I guess I would say it always comes back to you. If you if you do good work, if you help others and achieve their goals, then it's going to come back to you. I always try to, as much as I can and as often as I'm able to, time-wise, make sure that if somebody needs help and I see it, I help them. Or if they ask for a request, then I try to do that as well. Well, what would you say is the single most important leadership lesson
0: you've ever learned, kind of related to that last question? Mm -hmm.
1: It's a little bit of a variation on that. This one comes from, and I've learned it from uh, Chris Locurto, is that your job as a leader is not to make your team make you successful. Your job as a leader is to make your team. Make sure that your team has everything they need to be successful. A leader is only worth the followers that they have. And so you are about your followers. You are not about you and your followers aren't about you. It's the other way around.
0: Over the, the span of, of your career, uh, what one thing do you credit most for impacting your personal development more than any other? It's interesting. I think
1: honestly that of my career, I think it was that I just decided to be bold and interview for jobs that, and apply for things that I had no intention of getting, but just (laughs) to have the experience Mm. of getting in front of people and learning how to interview as well as getting in front of people that I knew would then take notice of me. Because ultimately the position that I have right now for my day job is not one I applied for. I was put in that position and and the position was created for me, Mm. Because of that, I think there's a lot to be to be
0: said for that. It's sort of the uh, Seth Godin linchpin concept, really, is is to be just so valuable at what you do that those kind of opportunities uh, uh, present themselves. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like I even I took uh, a job position that they never ended up filling. And I took that and kind of looked at that as a guide and said, well, they didn't end up filling this, but that must mean that they still need some of these things. And so I went down through and used that as a guide. I even pulled that job description out in an interview and said, uh, you, were a, you were interviewing people for this position a while ago. Ever since, I've been using it as a guide to learn and focus my education Towards that, and so that way I could meet that expectation for when you decided to post it back out there again, and they never did. But showing that initiative really caught the specific person that uh, then called me up and said uh, it caught their attention. They get called me up and said, "Hey, uh, we're going to need to do social media in the future. We'd like you to prepare to do that. Can I take you to lunch?"
0: Eric, uh, and co-author Jim Woods, responsible for the book Beyond the To Do List, Volume One goals, a step-by-step guide to making and meeting the goals that matter. Eric, before we wrap up, share with us where we can find you online and share with us any new projects coming up that you want others to know about.
1: Sure. Well, I just actually, the best place to find me is to go to uh, beyondthetodolist.com and check out the podcast, subscribe and listen to all the interviews. And to find me on Twitter specifically is is probably the easiest place to go, twitter.com slash Eric with a K, the letter J, F I S H E R. And ultimately my goal right now is, along with the book, to bring the podcast to a higher level the next level i've just redone the the artwork for the show as Mm. well as and it matches the the new cover for the book and so that was kind of nice and timely and then uh, the site will be matched along with that by the time this episode is out so that'll be awesome and any other new projects well i have a couple of you know with actually the the next two projects are really just volume two and three (laughs) and getting those completed and then out there because the sooner they are the the more some of that synergy that I was talking about between books one through three will, will start to work for people. And, and our hope is that people will be able to pick up even just volume one and start to read through that either on a daily basis or take a, take a day and just sit and read it straight through and do the homework as, long, as well as you do the reading and to really just have it change their life really.
0: Well, Eric, it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, the impetus for me starting this podcast was my desire and passion to share what I was reading and the books I was diving into. And I appreciate the Beyond the To-Do List podcast and what you do there, and now taking what you've learned and putting it in a, in a book so the rest of us can learn uh, as well. So thank you for that. Thank you for your show, for what you do, for being on this show, and uh, for the new book. I look forward to, uh, to diving in even deeper. Yeah, thank you so much.
1: It's been a great pleasure to be on your show.
0: I hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Eric Fisher. Eric is very active on Twitter, and I know would love to get a tweet from you and get your thoughts on today's episode of the Read to Lead podcast. Again, you can find him on Twitter at Eric J. Fisher. That's Eric with a K, the letter J. Fisher on Twitter. To comment on this episode, just go to the show notes for this page, read to com slash zero one one. For episode eleven, that's read to com slash zero one one. You'll also find any and all resources we talked about during our conversation at that page read to lead podcast.com slash zero one one. Don't forget about the road trip conference. You can get $200 off your registration when you use my name, Jeff Brown in the promo code box to find out more read to lead podcast.com slash road trip. That's read to lead podcast.com slash road trip. Finally, it would mean a great deal to me if you would rate and review the podcast, especially if you enjoy it. This helps ensure others have a better chance of finding it, and it would just mean a great deal to me. If you give it a five-star rating and leave a review, I'll be sure to mention your name in an upcoming episode of the podcast. Speaking of which, I want to thank Bill Todd of the Red Backpack Podcast for his review. Also, Drew1124, Devin Dabney as well. And N.R. Johnson, who said he's blown away by the podcast, N.R. Johnson, I have to say I'm blown away by your review. It was fantastic. It moved me. Thank you very much for what you had to say. To leave your review, just visit readtoleadpodcast.com slash iTunes. That's readtoleadpodcast.com slash iTunes. Next time on the show, we welcome none other than John Acuff, author of the book Start, Punch Fear in the Face, escape average and do work that matters. He's one of my favorite authors, and it's an episode you are sure to love. Well, that'll do it for this week. I hope to see you next week along with John Acuff for episode 12 of the Read to Lead podcast.
1: Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com and chat with other members at facebook.com slash readtoleadnation. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead.